0: This is Pod Planet, and I'm Clive Desmond. It's April 21st, 2017. One year to the day that I began writing an episode about the passing of the artist formerly known as. The episode was called The Dove. The Dove struck a chord in a lot of people. Obviously, I wasn't the only one caught completely off-guard by the death of this incredible man. So here again, one year later, in memory of The Dove, enjoy. You are listening to podplanet.org, where the stories are between 83 to 100% true. And now, Podplanet presents The Dove. Let us begin. In mid-February, the city declared a cold alert. During a cold alert, shelters are open for the less fortunate, Shoppers raid grocery stores for candles, bottled water, and cans of tuna or baked beans. But not me, no sir. I didn't care about the cold alert. I had multiple layers of thermal underclothes and a yellow Gore-Tex jacket with sleek matching pants. I looked like a honeybee. Every night after work, no matter how snowy the roads, I hopped on my bicycle and rode 20 minutes to the rink. Most rinks are rectangular and come with rounded edges. But my outdoor rink was different. It looked more like a pancreas. For a neophyte skater like me, the pancreatic shape was a challenge to navigate. But I welcomed a challenge, and in time, I kind of conquered it. In any event, My favorite outdoor rink was located on the shoreline of one of the Great Lakes. Great Lake on the south, city to the north. On this night 16 years ago, I arrived, locked my bike, went into the heated change room, and put on my hockey skates. Then, I headed outside. The walk between the change room and the rink was covered in a thick black carpet of rubber to keep you from falling and to keep the edge of your skates sharp. My God, it was cold, and the rink appeared empty, but I couldn't have been more wrong. Because as I approached the edge, I saw there was indeed another person. A petite man, maybe five foot two inches tall, dressed in a peculiar manner, Peculiar in that the man was wearing what looked to be a vintage apres ski costume circa 1976. Imagine a slim nylon jacket with matching flared slacks, all in a surprising shade of mint green. The man's neck was draped in a white oversized lambswool scarf with matching gloves. Atop his head, a turban like the one Joan Crawford wore in the 1939 screwball comedy, The Women. To ice the cake, he also wore matching mint-green men's figure skates. It was quite the ensemble. So, as I stepped on the ice, the little man began a series of outstanding, incomprehensibly beautiful tarantellas, followed by two double jumps. His skates were sharp and created a fine mist which sprayed like pixie dust in all directions. Then he twirled like a dervish. It was a magnificent spectacle, effortlessly executed. But this short demonstration was only the beginning. In the meantime, with all the grace of a drunken elephant, I lumbered along, watching as the little man performed toe jumps, edge jumps, a double salchow, a twizzle, and hockey stops too numerous to count. All executed with such startling precision, Sidney Crosby would have been envious. Now, even though I know it to be unproductive and stupid, I couldn't help but compare myself. It's just the way the male mind sometimes works, always turning everything into some kind of ludicrous competition. And objectively speaking, this man was extremely good and I was just a weenie. Still, looking like a newborn calf, I maundered around the rink, trying to maintain what small degree of dignity I could. A few minutes later, having finished the stationary part of his extraordinary routine, the little man began doing laps around the ice. But they weren't my kind of laps. No, no, my kind of laps or a Bovine. His laps, on the other hand, employed the technique of a professional skater. Think Max Aaron. Around and around he flew, each lap quicker than the last. Watching all of this unfold was a real eye-opener for me. Where did he learn to skate that quick? And who is he? After a few more rounds, the tiny skater slowed down to match my oafish gait. As he skimmed up to me, I noticed his dark complexion and Frida Kahlo like mustache. He was wearing eyeshadow and lipstick too. Maybe he's from the Icecapades, but the Icecapades were no longer viable. But with the competition from Disney on Ice, they'd pretty much shut down for good. Which made me think. I'd never met a professional ice skater before, and this guy seemed pretty neighborly. I wondered if he was up for a chat, a gab, or a yaw. So I took my social chances, and using what little skating vernacular I had gleaned from television, I went out on a limb. That's quite the Tarantella you turned back there, I said. Sounding like James Earl Jones, he replied, I'm from minneapolis i've been skating a long time minneapolis i said it's cold there like here no much worse actually he said but everyone skates in minneapolis that's a thing you do in winter minneapolis minneapolis minnesota lonnie anderson the cohen brothers bob dylan judy garland josh harnett jane russell jesse ventura Garrison Keeler, Charles Schultz, and Terry Gilliam. Okay. Famous people of Minnesota seminar. Check, check, and check. You're listening to PodPlanet.org. Then a switch flipped in me. The turban. The Apré ski suit. The eyeshadow. Minneapolis. Hey, wait a sec here, mister. If by now you're thinking what I was thinking, you are correct. I was skating with the artist formerly known as... Then a playlist appeared in my head. Little Red Corvette, 1999, and Purple Rain. I didn't know what to say next, so we skated in silence. As we approached the end of our practice, the artist formerly known as said, This rink is sick. It's my favorite. I said, turning to look him in the eyes. And then I knew that he knew that I knew who he was. But not wanting to fawn and wishing to maintain that aloof quality Canadians were historically known for, I said nothing. After the next lap, we climbed off the ice and made our way inside to the heated change room. Inside, sitting on a bench, I removed my skates and put on my winter cycling boots. I wiped off any moisture from my skates and put them in my backpack. At the exit door, I waved goodbye and bid my friend good night. He returned my gesture without fanfare or a plomb, and simply said, "Nice to meet you. Good night." Maybe it's true what they say about Midwesterners. Outside, in the darkness, I unlocked my bike and rode home on the now empty streets. It started to snow. Four out of five doctors who listen to podcasts choose Podplanet. This is podplanet.org, number one among the bijouterie and fashion retailer of Lacomo, Como, Italy. Epilogue. For over a decade, I never thought about that night at the rink again, and although his popularity had waned some, sometimes I'd hear his songs on the radio. That was until the morning of Thursday, April 21st, 2016. I was sitting at my computer when I saw a strange and upsetting post, R.I.P. I closed my eyes, then opened them again, and it was still there. My heart sank, and I felt terrible. I was surprised by my reaction, because I wasn't a super fan, or at least I didn't think I was. Was this about me aging, and time passing, or something else entirely? That night, I thought to myself, maybe he had some kind of uncanny power maybe that night, 16 years ago on the rink, he'd cast a spell on me. A spell that I wouldn't really know about until today. So maybe this is how the doves feel. You have been listening to Pod Planet, where the stories are between 83 to 100% true. Pod Planet is written and produced by Peter McHugh and Clive Desmond. The Pod Planet theme was composed by Jonathan Goldsmith, creative consultant Monique Kelly, digital and audio design by Oliver Wickham and Aidan Vickery, Pod Planet announcer Jean Francois. Additional and highly deserved credits are listed on podplanet.org. If you haven't subscribed to PodPlanet yet, subscribe now. Go to our webpage, podplanet.org. PodPlanet is one word. And click follow on whatever podcatcher you're using. You'll find PodPlanet on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Google Play, and YouTube. And follow PodPlanet on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Links are available on our webpage. This is Pod Planet Season 2. We'll be back in two weeks with another new and startling episode. Until then, on behalf of Peter McHugh Everything and the whole Pod Planet team, thanks for listening. I'm Clive Desmond. Pod Planet is part of the Public Radio Exchange and the Association of Independence in Radio. You have been listening to Pod Planet. A new episode drops every two weeks on Thursday.